Hey everybody, quick announcement before we get into the episode. We are running the annual end of the year readers poll over at FeckingBahamas.com. Head over there now and vote for your top five favorite releases of 2018. We'll compile all the results and announce the top 50 in January. Democracy or, you know, whatever. Also, quick fix is that uh, at the end of this episode, we gave credit to the band Yikes when we meant to give credit to the band Night idea. Might have been an editing issue. Also, sorry about the audio quality right now. I am not able to get to my normal equipment, and I just needed to get this at the beginning of the episode. All right. Thanks, y'all. I know you're thinking, hey, usually whenever we record, there's like five seconds or so of silence. And guess what? Not anymore. I oh, turned, shit. I turned off the pre-roll. Oh, shit. So if you heard me open a beer, that means it's time for the December episode of yeah, Room Temperature dude. Sweet. That means it's Friday. We're in here. We're in the aviary. This isn't the aviary. No. This is the... Uh, the I'm going to call this one, uh, we're in the Arctic Outpost. Like, yep. I'm thinking about uh, John the Carpenter's thing. The Thing. The Thing. Um, yo, uh, so quick. <laughs> okay. Before let's, we start this episode. Let's tangent. Uh, hold on. <laughs> before, we, before we tangent, uh, hello and welcome, Room Temperature Suite, One's a Future Host, uh, Stuffed Turkey Boy, Big old Good uh, Christmas Ham, uh, One's a Future Host, Chris Walker. And I am Santino, gift sphere, mom's culo, tartaglia. <laughs> All right. So now that we're now that we're officially to the episode, we can go off on a tangent. So you you use the text to uh, or the speech to text function on your phone a lot, which all, sometimes all the time, yeah. You you use it more than anyone I know. Use it when you're not driving, which is odd. Yeah. Uh, but you recently texted your brother. Yeah, I had about to. Christmas. I had to. And you used your voice. And so, you're gonna read for us. You're gonna do a dramatic reading on air of. The conversation between my brother and I. Yeah, this is Steve Jobs's interpretation of what you think of what he thinks you said Tim to your Cook. brother. It's, it's Tim Cook. T- I'm sorry, Timmy's, Timmy's. <laughs> tiny Tim, tiny yeah, Tim, tiny Christmas Tim interpret tiny Christmas Tim's tiny, interpretation. Tiny, tiny Christmas Tim. Uh, so before I get into it, uh, should I defend my stance? Yeah, use talk to text. It's great. Uh, I I text a lot of full sentences, and uh, man, I just don't feel like typing it all the time. I, I get that, yeah. but sometimes I have to look at it and go, "What the fuck are you talking about?" Because it just doesn't—it doesn't pick up the nuance sometimes. And I, yeah. you're a guy who speaks with a lot of nuance. Uh, listeners, do you agree? So my brother, we'll call him. What, what's a fake name for my brother? Uh, RJ. <laughs> yeah, we'll call him RJ. Uh, RJ texted me. He goes, and this is all in lowercase. He says, and I'll read it exactly as he types it. Yo, 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 my bro, ho, 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 party at my pad on December 19th. Mom and Brian are coming. It's a Wednesday night. Bring a plus one. I'm thinking of making some kind of eggnog holiday drinks. You nog? <laughs> which, which I loved. And just so you know, I, I like it. He's embracing this like party spirit yeah. he's like he's he, hosting he this is, is the, the first year ghost of christmas present so here's here's what i said back to him or at least i said something back to him and here's what my phone thought i said back to him hell yeah bitch i totally nog you fucking slap some dog in front of me and i fucking slap that kid 
What? <laughs> I can't even finish. What? <laughs> you. <laughs> okay, hold on. You fucking slapped some dog in front of me. I fucking that shit out my Slurpees dog straw. Twitch. <laughs> I didn't look down because I was ordering a bagel when I did this. <laughs> So, so you were standing in front of a person, and they said, "Hey, what do you want?" You said, "Yeah, dog, I want a fucking nog with you." <laughs> Pretty much. Put it in front of me. I'll, I'll slurp that well, shit. I, I think this was a. Uh, I had ordered, and then I took a step back, and they went behind the wall to make the sandwich, and then I did this, and then my brother's response to that was just, "I can't even respond to something like that." He's not wrong. I don't know what, I don't even, I mean, I know what I was trying to say. Every time I said dog, I was trying to say nog. I was trying to say slap some fucking nog in front of me. I'm going to slurp that shit up, but turn it into slapping dog. It's a good thing you defended uh, talk to text before you read that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Merry Christmas, everyone. Yeah. Happy holidays if you are any other holiday person. I don't really think that's why people come to our podcast, though. No, people come to our podcast for a synthesis of two things, fact and opinion. And the only facts you're really going to get are dates. The rest is just going to be opinion. Yes. Uh, a true sentence. And here's here's another opinion and fact. We're recording two episodes on the same day. Oh, we, yeah. We should have mentioned that at the top of the episode. Well, we get, we're doing the whole Christmas thing. Okay, hey, so welcome to the actual beginning of the episode. Anyway, we are trying to record November and December in the same day. Yeah. Um, I had to travel for about three weeks straight. For the second half of November, so there we had no, like I don't we don't record separately. We come to the same room to record. Uh, you have to explain yourself to these people. Well, I did. They don't. They don't. They don't deserve your explanation. Oh wow! All right. <laughs> Jeez, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm trying this new thing and it's being outwardly hostile to our audience. All right. Well, uh, listen. Stop. Turn off the episode now. Yeah. If you agree with Chris's method. <laughs> and then go give us five stars on iTunes. Come yeah. back. Okay, so, hey. Uh, so we're recording the December episode before the November episode. So if we slip up, it should be really funny. And you can you can sort of stitch this together like some kind of uh, memento-style continuity. Uh, but let's talk about some things you may have missed in the month of November. Yes. Uh, there was a lot of really, really good stuff. And I was thinking back when we were putting this this list together and when we started, I was like, wow, well, there really wasn't like a whole lot in November that I liked. And then I just started putting it together and I was like, holy shit, how did I? Because these little things just happened throughout the month that I yep. really, really loved intensely for like a few days. And then something else came out. And I don't know why I didn't put that together as being a really good month at first. Yeah. <laughs> but somehow it's, I don't know, this one like slipped under the radar. Like there wasn't like a huge, like big tent pole release, but there was just all kinds of really good little things. Um, so I have a few. I don't know if did you pick more than just one? I I have just one. All right. I kept, uh, it, kept it simple. I'm going to do 3 really okay. quick. Okay. And then you can do your one, then I'll do my X3. Oh, oh Jesus. <laughs> so you have 6. I have 6 total. Oh, yeah. God. Okay. Did I say 5? I don't Go ahead. So uh the first one, uh Ishmael, uh they put out an EP called Brittle Ivy. Uh, and these boys are from Brooklyn, New York. Uh, I covered, I believe I covered their their release. Uh, oh no, I covered uh, uh, Slim Charles a couple of years ago, and they're sort of a, a closely related band. But uh, these guys are a, a very cool uh, act out of Brooklyn. They're a three piece. Um, they do very very chill, relaxed sort of stuff usually. But this EP is a little bit different in that it comes right out of the gate being a little bit heavier. Um, but in the way that 
this is going to be a weird descriptor because they sound nothing like this band, but in the way that Led Zeppelin is heavy. Okay. Um, it's hard. It's really hard to describe, but would go turn this on. It's three tracks. Uh, I'm sorry. It's four tracks. Uh, you know, it's not even like 20 minutes long. It's maybe like 15 minutes. Just go put it on. You'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, but I highly recommend that one. The next one I highly recommend is, of course, Ray Tracing by Monobody. Monobody put out one of my uh, favorite EP album type things a couple of years ago. Uh, these guys are absolutely phenomenal. Every member of the band is ridiculous. Um, and the fact that this one came out and just came out of nowhere totally took me by surprise. Um, but they have one of my favorite drummers, I think, working right now. Um, and uh, it's, it's just apparent on, on every single track. Uh, everybody's putting their absolute all into what, it. Was this something that you talked about before? I feel like I've heard about them. I don't know if you showed them to me or something. I probably showed you Monobody's other release from April of 2015. They're self-titled. Um, that one has... There's a couple of tracks on there that have this kind of game show feel. Which is I that's a bad usually that's a bad thing, but it's it's kinda cool. It's not everybody's not everybody's cup of tea. This one is a little bit more I'm gonna say it's a little bit more accessible. Okay. I think I showed you their other album because it starts off with just the fucking sickest like bass tapping that I've <laughs> ever heard. No 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 No, it's so it's so gentle. It's just like it's like the, it's like they're cradling you to sleep. Go check it out. Uh, so ray tracing is out. That one is uh, that one's a full album. I want to say it's their first full because I don't know if I don't know if the original Monobody counts as a as a full album. It's kind of like sort of EP length, but um, I was very happy about that one because that one just kind of kind of dropped out of nowhere. So that was a really nice surprise. I guess the other one was like the same the same length. It feels really short. Uh, so next. Before I let you talk, uh, <laughs> one day this one this one's a little bit. I felt like this was a little bit outside of uh, affecting Bahamas regular purview, but we included it in the roundup, so I'm gonna fucking talk about it. Jazz, bitch. It's just jazz, bitch. Uh, so I really like it. it's it's Mammal Hands. They put they also put an EP called Becoming. Maybe the reason I have so many is because they're all just EPs. Um, so that one uh, that one came out last month and. I've liked Mammal Hands for a while. I found them because of Matthew Halsall, who I talked about. It was one of my non-math recommendations from a couple episodes ago. Uh, he has a, uh, a record label called uh, Gondwana Records, and these guys are on there. I get their their emails, and every time they come up with something new, it's fucking phenomenal. Um, but these guys are they're a three-piece jazz group, which I find to be a little weird. Usually jazz ensembles are much bigger. Yeah. Um, but the best way I can describe it is they're like pop jazz. It's it's repetitive in a good way, but it's it's repetitive in that it has hooks, unlike jazz. Okay. So, okay. So like a riff, you might say. It's yeah. It's it's very riff heavy, but uh, what's his name? Um, the everyone loves him guy. All all of his songs like ones and three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Um, fuck. I'm looking at you just with. Wild oh curiosity because I have no you're not ringing. No, any no, bells. you you know exactly who I'm talking about too. It, all the song titles have like the timing in the name. It'll be like five something, six something, seven something. I have no idea who you're okay. talking about. I'll is he a jazz artist? Yeah, piano guy. Piano so, guy. There's a listener who's piano like, guy. Yeah, I'll, all right. Somebody, you, you, you keep going. Somebody's screaming in their car now. No, that's it. Uh, uh, the EP is great. It's again, it's three tracks. This one's a little. This song's a little bit longer, so it's a little longer. Um, this is another one where if you're interested in it, you should check out the uh, the vinyl. 
not because the vinyl itself, uh, like the actual printing is particularly good, but all of their, they must have like an in-house designer who makes all their, their sleeves and stuff. This is just like the ultimate, uh, uh, expression of minimalism and it's just gorgeous to look at. So, uh, definitely go check that one out. So those are my first three releases. Santino, what do you got from Take Five by the Dave Brubeck Quartet? <laughs> yeah, so I was, when you were describing pop jazz, I was trying to think of this dude's name. All of the song titles tell you the time signature. Is that true? Yeah, Take Five. I have I have Take Five by Dave Brubeck. Yeah, notice that all, all the songs, especially in the, the following album, all of the song titles have a, a number, and that's associated with the timing. Is Take Five and Five Four? Yeah, just Shit. Do, do a little count in your head. <laughs> this is probably really compelling audio. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, I don't know if it's anything like that, but that's what that's the vibe I was getting from your description. So <laughs> not, not quite, but that was yeah. Okay. So I'm glad we got to talk about Dave Brubeck a little. So bit. what you missed last month, Chris, yeah. is something that you walked in and I was listening to it. Uh, a a guy named Richard Spaven. Spaven. I'll go with Spaven. It's like Raven, but with an S P. Uh, he released an entire album, not an EP, called Real Time. So, Richard Spaven. You're looking at me, you're saying, who is this Richard Spaven? Well, I got an answer for you. Richard Spaven, he is a solo artist out of London, UK. He's primarily a drummer, as I understand it. And the songs themselves, they're good. So, like, just to cover all the bases, a uh, few songs have a guest singer named Jordan Reiki. I'll feature uh, Richard Spaven's drumming, though. Every single song. And I would say that this album sounds almost like a, like instrumental hip-hop beats, kind of like a, like an Amon Tobin kind of thing. And Chill, lo-fi, hip-hop yeah, to study God. slash work to? Uh, side tangent, when I'm doing homework, which is all the fucking time, the reason we're recording so late at night is because I spent seven hours doing calculus and chemistry today, is that's what I, I have that on the whole time. So... Anyway, but that is what I love about it. I just love the drum tone. In this whole album, it kind of sounds like uh, drums sampling. If, if, like, all of the drums were, like, mixed in this, like, mono kind of compressed environment from, like, 1965. So uh, I feel like I have a lot of opinions on this on this program that we, that we record together where I just shit on drum tones a lot. So I wanted to give some praise. Um, I, came to this, uh, I came back to this album a few times or a lot of times, just to hear tones. Um, I think if you were to check out this album, uh, look up the track Control, that'd probably be my favorite because all of the instrumentation, it really sits the fuck down and it just kind of lets the drums take over. Mm, and like Yeah, and I mean, honestly, nothing about the nothing about most of the instrumentation here really like takes center stage quite like the drums do. The drums are mixed different. They are always there. And they, they always fucking slap, so to speak. Uh, I've I've been hearing that phrase so much recently, and it just it popped up out of nowhere. I guess the way that the way that uh, culture gets around, but yeah, I mean that's the new description. You know, if someone's just like, "Yo, this fucking slaps," <laughs> I'll let I'll let the imagination run wild on that sound. Uh, but I yeah, you were listening to this when when I came down, and uh, I I think if uh, if anyone out there listening is familiar with Portishead. Um, the way that their drum samples sound is how these live drums sound, yeah. which is fucking awesome. Yeah, big fan of that. Um, take it away to your other three. Yeah, so I got three more for you. Um, I got another short little, it's not, it's barely even an EP. Um, this is kind of a weird uh, little release. I picked this mostly because the name is like halfway between 
pretentious fuckery and genius. They're called the last great American rock band. Uh, and I just I want to read you their description of themselves, okay? Because um, these guys are are certainly unsigned. Um, so this is not a PR person who wrote this. This is one of the two boys. Uh, the last great American rock band is a two piece math slash jazz slash post rock project that aims to please. I like that. I like that they aim to please. Finally, combining elements of rhythmic tension, melodic variance, and straight ahead maximalism. TLGARB attempts to push through the tropes of the typical math rock fusion sound. I feel like they're embodying a lot of the tropes by being a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> like an elevated sense of self? Yeah, yeah. But yes. So it's weird. There's sort of this mix of lack of self awareness, but with the name complete self awareness. And I yeah. can't, it's just so interesting to me. I had to talk about the whole thing. But it's basically two songs. Uh, uh, yeah, it's like two songs and then three three tracks that just have the word sample written next to them, and they're like 20 seconds long. Okay. So, yeah, that's Is it. Is it good? All right. It's good, yeah. Okay. It's, it's totally good. Okay. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But, next, uh, next EP. <laughs> there's a lot, yeah, there's a lot going on there that you should just dig into. Uh, the next one, this is going to uh, break up our, our chain a little bit. Uh, actually, you know what? No, it's not. Because I'm going to talk about my last one first. Because I'm I, I getting the flow of this. We're doing this all on the fly. Yep. We're going to talk about FES. And I don't know if they want to be called FES. I did a, a review of these guys. Uh, God, time. It's over a year ago now. Shit. Uh, they put out an EP called uh, You Do You, which I found to be really good. It, it's very uh, it's very poppy. They're like a three-piece. Uh, they have a, a female singer, and it's got this kind of a uh, little bit of a Paramore thing going on, but just better than Paramore. Mm. Um, so again, they put out an EP and this one's called Lunar and it's, I'm going to say it's just as good as you do you. As much as I like that one, you can read my, my glowing review on the website. Uh, this is just more fun music, TM, TM, TM. And I am, <laughs> I'm always down for more fun music. So go check that one out. It's four tracks. You can go get that over on Bandcamp. Are, are they the ones trademarking fun music or is that like a... That's me. I'm, I'm okay. going to trademark fun music TM. Um, the wait, last so, one... So wait, so wait, hold on. Are you going to trademark fun music TM? And then trademark that, or you just <laughs> would you have to put two trademark symbols? Could you could you trademark the trademark, trademark symbol, symbol if it's part of oh your? Oh my god! If it's part of then how could anyone ever trademark anything again? Well, because they would have the trademark symbol as it exists outside of the actual trademark. I mean, I mean, if we're going to talk real, no, you you can't you can't <laughs> you can't trademark things that are like generic or generalized, whatever. You know, genericized. Thank you. That's the word I'm looking for, which is why it's a Zamboni brand ice resurfacing. Yeah, I was gonna say, what's your favorite? um, Or actually, what's your most surprising genericized trademark? I have one, but I'll save it for after this segment. All right. uh, So the very last thing I want to talk about uh, is coming at you out of left field because it's not an EP. Oh. And that's gonna be. This is kind of like a double left field thing. So it's underwater by Elephant Jim. Elephant Jim. Known for releasing only EPs, has now released a full album. Okay, it's uh, it's it's turning everything <laughs> in this segment on its head, uh, but it's really good. Uh, just, I mean, if you've been listening to Elephant Ele- Elephant Jim for a while now, you know that basically everything they do is fantastic. Uh, these uh, these boys and one girl are from Taiwan, and I feel like we just don't have a lot of math rock coming out of Taiwan, and I don't know. It's uh, it's very cool. I'm pretty sure I listened to that uh, about a half hour ago. 
Yeah, the cover the cover's like this black with just this I don't know how to describe the font except for you remember the band Eiffel 65? <laughs> yes. Just like what their music sounds like is what this font looks like. <laughs> but, but that's neither here nor there. The music is very good. Okay. So to end this segment, let me hit you with my favorite general generalized genericized trademark. Genericized trademark. Hit me. I'm pretty sure Escalator is one of those. Because escalators are not the name of Yeah, it's it's got they're moving stairs, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't know that until you and I have talked about this off the air like probably five times in our friendship. It and just comes up all the time. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like escalators. No, that's a brand. Uh, I, I mean, okay, hold on, hold on. Zamboni, that was my favorite one, but escalators. Zamboni is my favorite because they just won't let it go. <laughs> <laughs> like they're like, listen, it's not a Zamboni. It's a, it's a Zamboni, Zamboni brand, brand ice resurfacing machine. machine, and they're like they're so adamant about it that everyone in the world is just like, come on, just. Let it go, and they won't. But I, I think my uh, my most surprising one, I've, I, they're kind of tied for two. Uh, tarmac is one. Yeah, that's weird. Because you're always like you're on the plane. You're you know you're in a plane. You're like oh we're just on the tarmac, and that's you picture a little TM next to that now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And dumpster. Really, dumpster. Dumpster is a trademark. Or maybe it used to be. Oh yeah, it used to be. You know, everybody has their own dumpsters yeah. now. But yeah, because yeah, you just see a large uh, portable trash bin. All right, uh, so I want to talk about something that that came up a little bit when I was uh, uh, when I was putting together my releases from November, and there is something that I want to say. I can't remember if it happened during the during the Earth Tour DVD from Horse the Band, or it was something that maybe I saw like in an interview that they said afterwards. But they kind of called it back in like 2008 that they're like, eh, you know, releasing albums is going to be like a thing of the past. They're like, everybody's just going to digitally release singles, and that's the way you're going to do it. And I've seen so many, and, and you know, that has kind of happened at, like, the macro level. I'm, I'm looking at you, Chainsmokers, and yep. Halsey, maybe? Does she do that? I actually have, I don't know. Anyways, um, we're not, I'm not tuned into the, to the, the pop sphere, um, which there's a whole other conversation about, uh, about Adam Levine. And some shit that he just recently said that just made me go like, yes, okay, old man yells at clouds. Um, but, <laughs> but, uh, but so it doesn't really happen so much in, in like the, the, the popular music realm, but I'm noticing that smaller independent artists, like the ones that we cover exclusively on this show, yeah. uh, just tend to release one song two songs here and there and then maybe they'll put out like a three song ep after that and then just go song like elephant gym's a good example like they have yeah. two or three song eps or uh you know standards who uh, have just completely taken off like they like standards have taken off in the way that invalids took off a couple of years ago like they're just everybody's favorite band all of a sudden um but they their ep is super short and they release like you know one song here or there yeah um so I wanted to see if there are if there are any if you can see any virtues or pitfalls in just releasing like a series of singles or short EPs versus doing and like an entire album like disappearing into the ether for a year two years or if we're talking about someone like he was eaten by owls like I I forget how long between their their two albums but they just come mm-hmm. out with this crazy like magnum opus every time they come out and then they just disappear. I, I will say that I've always been a fan of the album. Um, mm-hmm. EPs have never... You know what it is? Is You can get a good song, and don't get me wrong, I, I will love a song, and even like... 
I mean, this is this is like going to the extreme here, but like imagine if Pink Floyd The Wall was like released as a series of EPs. Like you couldn't mm. get you couldn't get the experience of The Wall if that was broken up into like seven or eight or ten EPs or whatever, because it's like thirty songs or whatever. Um, and I'm a huge fan of that. I know that when you and I and our other dude wrote a fucking album. That that was a big thing for me, and I'm not gonna say that we did it or didn't. Like, I'm not gonna try and like do that, but I know that I always wanted the experience of like trying to piece together an album that flows and and like brings you to places and like has themes at different points of the album and like this and that or whatever. Yeah, and that that has always been my like big pro to an album. Um, I don't know that anyone but me gives a shit as I as I talk to more of my friends, especially yeah. not in a scene or whatever. Uh, I, I definitely always find that people are always like trying to get singles. You're trying to listen to hits and uh, next song in the playlist all the time. Yeah, and I mean, I'm I'm very much an album guy as well. Uh, but there is something to be said for just a very good solid short EP also. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking of, uh, I mean, just tying it back into Horse the Band. What got me into them is their Pizza EP, which was like I can't I remember <laughs> it's it's kind of it's kind of what gets you into math rock at first like you come for the jokes <laughs> and then and then you stay because it's good yeah so like that's just this short little thing where it's it's kind of goofy at first but it's all around one theme and it's what 15 minutes 20 minutes yeah um, another example you know if, if anybody listening is not like super tuned into horse the band um, and so I watched from afar's uh, letters EP uh, is fantastic it's short you know, their songs are like their regular length, like just a couple minutes, but there's like four or five tracks on there. And it's just like, it comes in, it it slaps, and then it's done. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so, I mean, th- there's kind of like two sides to that argument, right? Like, sometimes you don't just want to sit down and listen to an epic, mm-hmm. but there's something to be said for albums that really pull you in and like beg you to listen to the entire thing. Yeah, I... I... I'm not trying to actually talk about the skill because I really don't want to get onto it because it's not fair because every band and artist is different. I know that in my experience in the professional world, um, both would kind of happen at the same time when an album was made where they would look at certain songs and say, like, this is the single, this is the other single, whatever. Yeah. And then those would have entirely different producers on them. Or in addition to the normal producer, there would be like this other dude who'd come in and like... Right. And this is and, big level music industry. Like you're talking at yeah, your, yeah. When, when you worked at... Can we say the name of the studio? Oh, it's not. I don't, right. I don't want it to sound braggy or anything. So, so you you worked at a studio that is like very well known. Right. right. You interned there. Yeah, yeah. I don't... I didn't get paid or anything. Right. right. So this was like part of your education. But... Yeah. That to me is like a completely different level where you would have... Because that is... That's more business... Yeah, having someone having a well-known producer come in do the single because you know it's going to be the single, yep. and that's what's going to lead, and that's that's what's going to bring like dollars in the door. Yeah, that to me is a totally different calculation than if you are, you know, making music in your bedroom by yourself, yeah. and you're just going to release if you write a song and you you just record it and you release it. Yeah, and then I mean, you have a consistent stream of of people that you know every time you release, and then maybe you put that into an album later. But yeah. Um, that's kind of where I. That's kind of where I see this. Not like you know it being a big tent pole, you know, explosion of of commerce or anything, but just for the sake of being there and being present, because you do lose a lot of if, if you if you're not at a certain level, you lose a lot of cachet if you're gone. So that was going to be my next thing, and I think that we experienced this when because we as our band we don't release EPs, we release an entire album, whatever. Uh, we 
are gone for at this point a year and it's going to be two years soon and by the time we record the album it'll be three or four or five years or whatever it is yeah and i think that our our experience is not going to be unique i can i can understand why you'd want to do eps especially because like like we're not going to be famous you know what i mean and i'm sure a lot of bands realize that like we i don't have any like delusion that we're going to be so i think that yeah there's definitely a pro from the band side of things and from like the staying relevant side of things to continue to release eps I think that I'm pretentious and I would I would always say I would still rather always I would rather always have albums as our main drop and do EPs as like bonus things, you know, like Yeah. I'm not always the biggest fan of bonus tracks being on the album because I like the album as a complete thing and if like all of a sudden the bonus track is like a joke after like all this really cool serious sad stuff, I'm like I lost it. Put that somewhere else. To me, that's where any that's what an EP shines with. I know that's a hot take. I know that's not what people really use them for. That's just my feelings. Yeah. So, yeah, but I'm a big fan of the of like the the on and off cycle, like album EP, album EP. That's yeah. always worked really well for me because you know you get something little and incremental in the way, and maybe you can reuse it one track or you know redo that track for the album or whatever. But it's kind of like if you have a bunch of ideas, and it, that gives you you know on the off cycle a chance to experiment every time and just do something different. Like you can just come up with a wacky EP and no one's going to go, Oh man, what is all this? Yeah. They're going to go, ah, it's just a one-off. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But if you sit down and you do an entire album and you really go left field with it and it's not, you know, it's not successful, then you've like wasted all this time. Yeah. Whereas you can sort of learn that stuff from doing these smaller incremental releases. But, um, I guess that's totally valid. But yeah, I mean, you know, um, to your point as well about, not really making a, a career out of it. I mean, uh, a lot of bands that we like and listen to are all self-produced. Yeah. And if they get signed, they're not going to have like a major deal that's going to, you know, th- allow them to not have to have a real job. So it's like at a certain point, you know, you have to do everything you can to like stay in it and stay up with it. So, you know, is is it more worth it now to to do things in smaller increments just to just to keep people's interest like yeah. just to keep things going i don't know i i i don't know i i think now this is going to be the hottest take and i hope that everybody realizes that i don't even 100% fall into this but right i got my oven mitts on all right cool keep them on guys uh i think that there's something to be said about writing the album that you want to write from start to finish and if that's an ep it's an ep Write exactly what you want to write as seriously as you want to write it to the skill level you want to have the sound you want and only release that stuff and don't release the stuff that you don't think represents like what you want to be represented by. And I think that EPs, this is a pro and a con to an EP because you're going to experiment. You might put out the stuff that based on that description, you might put out the stuff that you don't want to represent your band in like three, four or five years, whatever you, you as a solo artist, if you're just like a singer songwriter or whatever. And like, uh, I'll tell you that some of the stuff that I write off of my favorite bands are their EPs. Sometimes, Mm. um, I will, I'd have to, I would have had to have researched a little bit to have come up with a really good example. I don't have anything poignant right now, but I could come up with something. I think a a, a counterexample, and this is, I don't know if this really counts as an EP so much, but uh, the Basement Window version of Garden Window by O Brother. Do you have that release? I do, I do. So that, it's sort of a reimagining of some songs off of Garden Window, yeah. and it's totally stripped down in this eerie, ethereal thing, 
and they they dip into that territory a little bit sometimes um but it's just it's full bore it's like taking one little segment of their music so if they they have this really varied sound and it's taking a little chunk of that and just stretching it and going what if this was all we did yeah so i think things like that are very cool that that was yeah that that to me is a good example so that, like that's that's what i that's what i'm thinking when i'm you know i'm thinking you experiment with a sound on an ep you know you what i do something like that you know what i think will be a good example except we'd have to potentially name drop our own band our first ep that we dropped where not much changed from the album to the ep yeah like that that ep now is just outdated and irrelevant to me like, yeah. there's, like there's no reason to go back to it unless you prefer like it's just a worse version yeah like there's nothing <laughs> to go back to and like i'm assuming we're not the only people who've done that you know so it's true um i mean and that happens with like early releases too so like post madonna has like a right. bunch of like yeah early shit that i'm like eh, yeah this is not like this is not your final form i understand this yeah and uh i did that the uh i was listening to another band i can't remember who it was um <laughs> Oh, it's a it's this like electronic sort of chiptune band called Starship Amazing. They have a really really good album called Ruby Dagger. Then they have like a bunch of like random one song, two songs, and they have really great names like uh <laughs> like they have a a, a two like a, a an EP that's two songs. And the album itself is called A Full-Length Documentary About Space Jam and also another song called Let's Go Neon Bowling. <laughs> and it's just those two songs that's genius but the songs themselves are eh, not great okay um and so and they really hit their stride when they made this full-length album so i feel like all these little singles dropping here and there were like leading up to this like culmination of this perfect album from start to finish so yeah. all right and it can turn into that too so hey everybody listeners whoever you are hit us up with your opinions on this yeah we're gonna make a twitter poll not really I, I I'm really bad at keeping. I actually turned on notifications for Twitter because I mm. get so few, and it's because I missed something that you said one time to me <laughs> that I thought was funny, and I wanted to <laughs> respond to it in case you responded again. I tell you, but I have my phone in airplane mode, so I, I don't know. Yeah, let us know. Write in, post on our Facebook wall, post on our Facebook wall with, with no context as to what you're talking about. Just no. just be like, just say EP or album. Yeah, that's it. That's just it. EP, just album. Obviously, we're trying to stay in theme this month, so obviously the band name has to be in theme, in which that's why this month's band name is Hanukkah Haymaker. Boom. Boom. Perfect. Uh, and so if you like that band name, if you use that band name, if you release, uh, you don't release a bedroom single on Bandcamp uh, under the name Hanukkah Haymaker, send it our way. We'll plug it on the show, probably because we're not doing anything better. Um, so I got another segment for you. Uh, it's becoming, uh, I think, if not a fan favorite, definitely a host favorite. Uh, we are now into... We are our only fans. Bandcamp reviews. Uh, so I got a good Bandcamp review for you this month. Uh, it's on the album Matterhorn by Heaters. <laughs> I'm, kind of, I'm kind of chuckling now because I, <laughs> I didn't look at the guy's name before I... <laughs> Before I read it, uh, his name is White Russian, but but he spelled it W-H-Y-T-E-R-U-S-H-A-N. So, okay. It looks like White Russian. Okay. Um, And he really likes the album Matterhorn by Heaters. And he says, ah, I was listening to 950... 
I was listening to 95 BFM Drive, and I reached down for a pen. And as I had, as I had, I nicked myself looking for a pen. I wrote the name of the artist in blood on my forearm, and by the time I got home, I could barely make it out. <laughs> That's it. That's the review of the album. That's it. It's the whole uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't know how Rotten Tomatoes would categorize that one, fresh or rotten. Um, well, I mean, with the blood on it, it can't be fresh. You can't you can't put out a blood tomato. Now, if it was an orange, but he wrote the name down, so it's got to be fresh. Maybe he wrote it down because he was going to trash on it later <laughs> on Bandcamp. I'm not sure. You guys made me cut myself. You know, I didn't even listen to the album, so I, I can't be sure if it's good or bad. Fair enough. Speaking of host favorites, are you ready for Inbox Zero, baby? Uh, those are all the stings that I think we have for it. Uh, <laughs> I've really lost track of what stings go before this. Um, Shouldn't you have like a kit full of stings <laughs> instead of making them with your mouth? No. Uh, so I can't pronounce this month's it's a artist from France. Actually, you know, this ties into the EP versus album thing very from, well. From France. From France. Uh, so... Guys, I'm gonna fuck this up. I'm really sorry, but like Chafouin, Chafon, Chafin? That is a C H A F O U I N. That is the name of the artist and the album. So, uh, Chafouin, uh, hit up the Facebook. Uh, I I wrote it down this way, so I'll read it this way. They hit up our Facebook via Facebook, and <laughs> all all it said was that they combined. Their three previous uh, EPs into one album. There it is. There it is. And so I looked into it. Uh, I ended up buying it in the time that I did that. Really? Yeah, dude. It covers a lot of ground. Uh, I kind of loved almost everything I heard. Um, it kind of reminded me a lot of like a DIY, like influenced kind of band. Um, I don't want to say it's like indie rock, but I mean like, like not. I don't know. It's not like verse, chorus, verse, chorus. There's a lot of experimentation. There's a lot of tonal changes. Even like instrumentation changes, uh, and because it's multiple EPs, like the mixing changes, like all sorts of stuff, like a lot of ground is covered. Uh, you know, like the band Moom from Iceland. I don't know if you listen to them. Listeners, no. if you guys listen to them, you would know that their entire discography covers electronic. That's like soft-spoken weirdness to creepy music to eventually like folk music. It kind of reminded me a lot of them, both in terms of like the way it sounded and in terms of like the ground covered. Uh, it was excellent. And get this, the digital album is fucking free. So there's no risk. Shit. Yeah. And it's just good music out of France for once. So that's cool. Yeah, good music out of France. Uh, it happens, but not as often as it should. I have two. I have two. Sport. The, I have three. <laughs> Wait, sports out of France? Yeah, sports French I think for we sure. Did, I think we. I think I discovered this on the podcast. Hey, yeah. everybody, I forget stuff. Rediscovered. All right, so that's three. I now have three from France. That's good. I'm glad. Um, so now we're into the segment of the podcast where we talk about things that are not math-related whatsoever, but we like anyway, and we think maybe you might like. Yeah. So this month... Um, I gotta start writing these down because I looked at this and went, "Have I talked about this before?" I feel like I must have, because this was like one of my sleeper hit albums. Um, I forget when I discovered this. I want to say it was like 2012 or 13. I don't know how I came across it, but just like out of the blue, popped up and it became one of my favorite. Uh, I think it's 
technically EP length, though I can't be sure. Um, it is a band from San Francisco called LSD and the Search for God. Hey, I know them. Uh, so since you know them, you know that they are um, a shoegaze act. Idea. And I, yeah. I, for my money, yeah. they do, this album in particular, they do shoegaze the best. Because it's it's pure and that it doesn't have anything else attached. Because everybody else likes to attach things to shoegaze or sh- attach shoegaze to other things. So, like, you, the, they'll, you know, uh, were style, go off into, like, hardcore territory almost. Um, or, you know, nothing is mostly a punk uh, hardcore band that becomes shoegaze over time. But LSD and The Search for God is just pure shoegaze the whole way through and better than 80s, early 90s shoegaze in that, you know, you look through those albums, like you go through a Slow Dive album or you go through like a um, a My Bloody Valentine album, and some songs just suck. (laughs) Especially, so, uh, uh, I want to say it's Catherine Wheel um, has one fantastic song and the rest is just trash. (laughs) Like the rest is so bad and it's so fucking disappointing when you go back and try to find sort of like the, 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 where like the first boom of shoegaze happened and a lot of it is just unlistenable. This is just five songs of them doing all that stuff, right? Revising. And like the best part is the, the production sounds like this, like late eighties, early nineties production. And the cover art is fucking dope. And I bought this shit on on vinyl from just some random distributor, and it's one guy, and I asked for, it's like, oh, we have, like, this highlighter yellow color variant. He's like, just ask for it, because his website didn't even have an option to choose, and yeah. he sent me the black one anyway. And I'm just like, that sucks. Why didn't you send me the yellow one I asked for? He's like, oh, sorry. Uh, they come sealed, so I can't open them. And I'm like, why didn't you, why did you even, <laughs> you don't know which ones are which, then why did you have me specify um, good story. But anyway, it's it's a great album. <laughs> okay. So. Um, so that's my pick for this month. I think you'll really dig it, especially if you're just trying to kick back and chill. So mine actually could probably be considered a math album, to be fair. But um, I don't know that the site covered it. So I'm going to go as if it isn't. Anyway, uh, you like Colin Stetson? I don't know if you do, but you, the listener, do you like Colin Stetson? I do. Uh, Colin Stetson has I know a, him from was he on a bad bad not good album? He was on bad bad not good. Four. Four. Yes, yes. Yeah. Anyone out there playing Red Dead Redemption 2, you might know him from the soundtrack of that. He does all of the saxophone creepy songs that you hear. Um he, he's a solo artist. He does stuff with uh Sarah Newfield or S- Newfeld. The girl from Arcade Fire, or I don't, I don't want to get things wrong, so I'm not going to say anything else. Um, but he is also in a band called XI, which I got into from for another show, Crispy James, and it is like a metal band that has maybe three members. It's like drums, sax, and like bass, who occasionally plays keyboards, kind of thing. Uh, they have just one album that is also called XI, and that is EX, and then I, as in E-Y-E. Um, and it's just five songs long. It is fucking... The first four songs on it are some of my favorite songs I've heard this year. I don't know. I think it came out last year, the album. I'm it, looking at it. It came out June 23rd, 2017. Yeah. I'm, have you seen the picture of these dudes? Yeah. This one dude is frightening. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> like, the the big dude in the front here? 
what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, black metal's scary, man. And these these all look like regular dudes. I mean, this guy, he's dressed like a regular dude also, but there's just something about him. It's, it's I don't know. I don't know what eyes. it is. His he's eyes. Wearing, he's wearing like a one piece like Carhartt <laughs> jumpsuit with a hoodie over it, but just the look in his in his face is just like. It's like he has a secret knowledge and he's gonna use it against you. Are you looking at their bandcamp photo? Yeah. It's 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 like he has a cosmic understanding that is that is going to tear you in half. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Look at that yeah. guy. All right, well, I'm not gonna Jesus. Dude, the I mean, if you listen to the band, they fuck you up. <laughs> Do they slap? Yeah, they fucking slap. <laughs> so here's what I'm getting at. So if I had to describe it, it's kind of like Metal meets atmospheric, I guess. Which I, I don't know. That, that's that's even a bad descriptor because it, it'll be basically like the drums will be going like and and then like over that you'll have this like kind of like long legato notes from a saxophone that's being matched by like a bass or something. And and then all of a sudden the drums like slow the fuck down and all of a sudden there nothing else changes in the song and it's cool as hell. It's cool as hell. You know, it's just cool as hell, man. Would you say they make hard, heavy music that's aggressive, cathartic, and thrilling? Are you reading their own description? <laughs> yeah. I would, actually. It It is thrilling. Yeah. Actually, yes. I would 100% do that. I have been writing my D&D sessions while listening to this because it, it has a, a good ebb and flow. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So I don't know if, if this is going to come up and I'm just going to be picked up on the mic, but I if you heard that. But that was the sound of me putting this in my wish list. I was going to say buying it, but I have to whip out my credit card, and I, I just I don't feel like doing that right now. But I'm going to put it on my wish list to buy later. <laughs> oh, perfect. Because your your description has convinced me. And I like the album art. It's, it's, the album art is right on that edge of, like, you could very easily see this being taken into try-hard lame territory. Yeah. But it's it's got just enough of these elements that make it good. Yeah, it's it's like it's on the like like in I would say in less capable hands it would be trash, but in these very capable hands it's tasteful, it's really good to look at, it's cool, and uh, it reminds me a little bit of uh, I would say a little bit of Berserk, a little bit of uh, like old school tarot cards. Yes, yeah, very cool, very cool stuff going on. I like their whole deal, um, although their description of themselves I hope they didn't write it themselves is a little bit pretentious. They make music of power, control, motion, and intention. I will let it be what it is. That's yeah. We're just gonna pull that one ride. So that's it. That's it for this month. Uh, if you're having a good, hope you're having a good um, holiday season. Hope you have a lot of um, good times with your family and friends. Um, if you're on bad terms with your family and friends, uh, reach out. Say uh, hey. Let's bury the hatchet. Let's have a good. Uh, let's have a good holiday season. Let's take. 2018 gently into that good night ring in eh, probably the shit show that's gonna be 2019 let's fucking face it right room temperature suite is hosted by santino tartaglia and me chris walker dr nicholas hunter phd is our managing producer our intro theme is the seven inch version of floorboards by Roz and the rice cakes special shout out to tiago morelli for keeping the faith and our mans in flight cloud for letting us use their music to bring this one home Undying gratitude goes out to Yikes for all the little clips you heard throughout. Hit us up on the Fecking Bahamas Facebook page if you want us to talk about something on the show. We are desperate for your attention. 
This episode was recorded in the sunless expanse of the Arctic Research Station out here in Rhode Island. <laughs>